what's going on, FA Nation? Happy Tuesday when you hear this podcast, and welcome to the Fantasy Alarm Two Minute Drill. I am James Grande, and that is Dan. Oh wait, we have we have a special guest with Dan Mellon living the Vita Loca uh, somewhere with a, a, a Mai Tai right now. Uh, not really sure where Dan is, but uh, cheers to him for uh, the vacation that he's getting to spend. Um, and I'm joined today by Matt Sells, the uh, two-time FSWA NASCAR Writer of the Year, right? Um, mm-hmm. Two-time. Throw that up two times. Not that anyone can see us because we're recording a podcast, but uh, Matt did just throw up the deuces. Uh, he is hip. He is here. Matt, what's going on? Oh, I'm having a, a pretty good time here. I uh, smoked my opponent in week two, mainly due to my uh, four awesome wide receivers and uh, Zeke actually showing up for the first time uh, this year. So that was a pretty good that was a pretty good day. Uh, Josh Lambeau, though, he ruined my five game parlay, the kicker for the Jaguars. If he had just hit his two field goals, I would have hit my five game parlay. So uh, that's kind of annoying. I'm not going to send him death threats, though, because I'm a reasonable person. That you're reasonable. I'm happy to be working with someone who is reasonable. Um, I, on the other hand, ran into Derek Henry this week. So I've already, I, as soon as I saw, I mean, it was four o'clock game. So like, I knew my, I knew the outcome. I knew what was uh, the L. I was getting a, one chalked up in the L category. Um, but you did mention uh, week two. Week two is currently uh, coming to a close as Aaron Jones scores his second touchdown of the night. Um, via an Aaron Rodgers one-yard pass. It's 14-14, two minutes left um, in the first half of this Monday Night Football game. That's uh, we are recording here tonight. Um, but, Matt, week two, uh, we have winners. We have losers. We have a whole bunch of things. So let's jump into things. Um, and uh, you could start it off. Who was your biggest winner? It could be fantasy. It could be football just in general. It could be both. Uh, who was your biggest winner uh, in for week two, uh, this is so I'm going to do a little bit of both here. I think my biggest winner in actual football sense is got to be the Las Vegas Raiders. They beat the Ravens on Monday night in a crazy game that everybody kind of thought was a fluke because it was, you know, the first time they had fans in it in Vegas, uh, because they didn't get them there in the Death Star or whatever the hell they're calling that, that stadium out there. They didn't get them last year because of COVID. So everybody thought that was a fluke. And then they travel across country on a short week and beat the Steelers, who beat the Bills and mm-hmm. looked pretty convincing doing it. Um, and Derek Carr threw for almost 400 yards again, despite everybody going, well, who's his receivers? Well, turns out they're they're pretty decent. Now, the offensive line still has questions. The running game clearly is a problem because, as NBC put it on, I think, Thursday, Josh Jacobs was hurt, quote, Everywhere (laughs) in the injury report, it said parentheses everything. Um, So they're going to have to sort out a running game, but their schedule gets easier as it goes. Like their meat of the schedule is they they're front loaded. So if they can get through this, um, you know, first uh, several games here could get interesting in the AFC West. Now that the chiefs have lost though, I will say that that was a massively ticky-tack, uh, illegal touching call there that when um, uh, What's-His-Face got sacked. Uh, Lamar. Yeah, when Lamar got sacked and they kind of bailed him out with the uh, 
most ticky-tacky illegal touching penalty I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Chiefs lost. They did what they did. They fumbled. They had a shot to win it there late. But I would say that the biggest winner is the Raiders. And from a fantasy perspective, uh, I would say that the biggest winner is probably Derrick Henry. Because he's back to being him. Like, that guy looked like a tank. They could count on him again. Um, everybody doubting him after week one. Like, oh, gee, this is why we told you not to take Derrick Henry. Um, you know, because he's, quote, unquote, not a league winner. But the two dudes who everybody said weren't league winners, <laughs> Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, are RB1 and RB2 right now. So let's get off that bandwagon. Um, Derrick Henry also has 10 targets this year. Yep. So that's sure pretty does. impressive, considering the fact that Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are also on that team. Um, two things, uh, everyone. One, Matt Sells is a notoriously uh, – he's a notorious ref slash umpire hater. So take this Chiefs-Ravens uh, uh, bit with a grain of salt. Matt okay, wants, I will he wants say- robo-refs in football, too. I don't want robo refs in football. <laughs> I want robo umps in MLB. But I will say, all I want is for fair calls, regardless of who's getting the calls. I am not a homer when it comes to refs. I will admit when they got things correct against my team, that's fine. But when Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth and Mike Pereira and everybody in the NBC call go, oh, damn, that was a bad call, I think I have some grounds to stand on. Uh. You know, we we will as a as a segment here of fantasy alarm used to be called. We will table that discussion, Matt. Uh, and uh, I think Derrick Henry getting ten targets is um, massively uh, should be talked about more. I, I didn't really see much chatter about it, considering last year he had a career high thirty one um, targets. We're already a third of the way there, and we're what one eighth. Uh, one six, uh, two eighths, one sixteenth, the way there, uh, math. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We don't need to do it right now. Um, but Derrick Henry on pace to shatter his receptions targets from a year ago. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, we could be looking at, uh, you know, I still don't think he passes CMC, but we could be looking at, at the RB two overall. Um, my biggest winner has to be Cortland Sutton. Um, I, especially with all those reports and all those videos of him, limping through practice and um you know he didn't look great even though you know he was targeted in week one by teddy bridgewater he had a lot of air yards he currently leads the nfl in air yards through two weeks he looked fantastic uh without jerry judy and and teddy bridgewater for all the the crap that he's gotten throughout the years um he really supports pass catchers in fantasy football man like as much as we think he's boring and he's bland, and he has a Chad Pennington-esque arm. Um, he just—he had three 850-yard receivers last year. Two went over a thousand yards. There's no reason um, that Corlin Sutton, you know, isn't one of those thousand-yard receivers this year. Twelve hey, targets. Quick, quick note, because you mentioned Chad Pennington. You know who got Chad Pennington to be a first-round draft pick? The guy he threw to in college, known as the Hall of Famer Randy Moss. Randy Moss. So, yep. you know, we want to say, oh, guys with small arms, arms can't produce. Yeah. Eh, I'm not so sure about that. Well, Teddy's putting that to bet, putting that to bet. He has two 300-yard passing games already. 
Let's flip over to the other side of the coin, Matt, where we have the biggest losers. And I'll I'll just kick this off. Um, and I have him a lot in a lot of best balls. Uh, I have this man, and it's and it's crazy because this game was 36-35, Matt. Uh, any ideas where I'm going here? I'm going with uh, the freak who was a late first round pick in everybody's fantasy league. Some you know PPR might have gone earlier. I cannot remember the last time that Tyreek Hill not only caught three balls, because I'm sure there's there's times where he caught three passes, but those three passes went for 175 yards, not 15. not Or 14, sorry, I gave him too much credit, 14 yards. Um, the fact that he was only targeted four times is not great, and I, I don't expect that to continue, but it's interesting to see um, how Patrick Mahomes spread it around last night. Um, it's interesting to see that McCole Hardman had eight targets. You know, we've been waiting for McCole Hardman for a couple of years now, and he just hasn't gotten the job done. Um, I, I'm not saying there's a change in the guard whatsoever. Never. You did. I'm not saying it, but I just do. I do think it's interesting. Um, I mean, Tyree killed anybody who drafted him. That's a first round draft pick giving you less than five fantasy points that it's unex- like it can't happen you're not going to win if that happens um so Tyreek Hill definitely the biggest loser for me in a game where 71 total points were scored yeah it was pretty impressive to watch the Chiefs put up 36 points and then Tyreek basically an afterthought uh by the way props to Travis Kelsey for making a ridiculous sure. play sure. um and Byron Pringle having I don't know 60 70 yards Receiving. I mean, he had he had a forty yard touchdown catch and then another twenty yard catch. Um, but for all those Miko Hardman truthers out there, just know what had to happen for him to get eight yep. targets. Correct. You had to have a shootout in which the Chiefs were up within a minute of the game starting because they got a pick six from Tyron Matthew, and Tra- and and Tyreek Hill got double or triple teamed every single snap. That's what you need to have happen to have Miko Hartman get targets. That's yep. not looking good for him, right? Because there's not very many teams that can successfully double Tyreek Hill. Um, my biggest loser of the week, anybody who bid 90% of their fab on Elijah Mitchell. Because you had to know that was coming, right? Like... It's just pointless to invest that much in a San Francisco running game that's run the same way as the Baltimore running game is. Everybody gets touches in that running game. That's how they keep guys fresh. So the fact that Elijah Mitchell showed up in week one, okay, Raheem Mostert got injured. Trey Sermon was inactive. Hasty wasn't really much. Like, they still don't have who's the um, the other guy they're expecting Jeff to Wilson. get. Jeff Wilson. Jeff- Right, Jeff Wilson's still not there. So you had a perfect storm in week one. Also, they were up huge. They were up like 28 points and milked the clock. Guess what? It wasn't that game script against Philadelphia. And, oh, by the way, Trace Herman was back. And, like, you had to know it was coming. So you can't count on a San Francisco running back. It's the same thing we've been saying about, like, the Patriots running backs for, like, 10 years now. Right. Although I do have Damian Harris and I do like my shares of Damian Harris right now. But, yeah, I would say that the biggest losers were those people who just went all in on Elijah Mitchell and then sat there and complained all day on Sunday because he didn't really do anything. 
So I have, I'll just say a couple things. One, um, I don't necessarily disagree, uh, but I also know that there were definitely people in dire straits. There was, there have been a ton of running backs injured through, yes, through week one. Baltimore um, has four of them. Baltimore has four of them, but you know, for people who drafted early, Cam Akers. For people who, yeah. um, I mean, there there was injuries aplenty, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I do think in that regard, it wasn't. Some people Still was for necessity. Ninety percent, though. Another counter argument: Trey Sermon, and 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 this is fortunate. Um, Jermichael Hasty left the game with an injury, already ruled out for week three. Trey Sermon, first play of the, his career, concussion. concussion status up in the air. And I know they said the same thing with Elijah Mitchell. There's a long week. Like, we don't know. But Didn't he Elijah, get injured too? He is. He is currently yeah. injured. His status is currently up in the air. But what I'm saying is he had 19 touches. Did he do much? No. But we have to know, Phillies had a, a very stingy run defense last year. They, their secondary was, was bad, um, very bad. No, no denying that. Darius Slay was not what they got, what, not what they hoped for um, when, they, when they got him. Um, but they have a stingy run defense with Fletcher Cox in the middle. And he, Elijah Mitchell still had 19 touches. So I think for those, yes, disappointed at, you know, the production – you do sometimes have to look at matchups. You do sometimes have to look at, like, he still got the opportunity. And I still think that could be present, especially if Sermon is inactive um, for week three and beyond, you know. And, and, you know, who knows if Mitchell's even active. They might have Trenton Cannon as their RB1 heading into week three. We don't know recording here on Monday night. But what I do know is I, I'm with you because I was never in a position where I needed to bid 90 plus percent of my fab on Elijah Mitchell, who was the sixth round rookie. But I also understand it um, for the people who have lost a ton of running backs. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'll counter that too. It's heading into week two of a now 17 week NFL season. So you should not be hog tying yourself at the very start. I mean, I know people went hog wild for James Robinson last year, but that's a different situation because he's the only back in a team that was just trying to keep the ball away from the opponent, right? <laughs> like, that's not what the – and God forbid they actually swap in Trey Lance. He's a running quarterback. Right. So you got to kind of view these – you know, it's the same people that complain, oh, the Bills running backs never get any touchdowns. Well, you had to know Josh Allen was going to take them. You know, same thing with Lamar Jackson and Baltimore running it. I mean – that's fair, um, and that's a fair argument. And we'll leave it like we'll leave it at that because I think we both uh, brought up pretty good points um, there. Now, Matt, let's head to the storyline, the storylines of week two. Uh, there's a couple, and then you know we can react to maybe some overreaction. Uh, I think you brought you brought up the first thing you said: winners um, it, are the Raiders real? Uh, two games in, they look pretty gosh dang fantastic. Uh, beating Baltimore, who just beat the um, the uh, representative in the Super Bowl two years in a row um, in the Chiefs, and they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh on a short week. Um, is Arizona's offense 
uh, hard to trust uh, outside of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, despite they despite putting up all those points. AJ uh, Green. Uh, <laughs> and then and then I think another one um, that has really caught my attention, and and I think it plays into the overreaction uh, part of things, Matt. Is is Tony Pollard better than Ezekiel Elliott uh, moving forward? I, I just want to get your thoughts on um, one, two, or all. I mean, you already touched on the Raiders uh, part uh, because you do; they are winners, and I, I do think. Right? I mean, it's hard not to say they're real with their with their resume through two weeks. Um, so, like, who can we trust in Arizona? Um, and do you think Tony Pollard is better than Zeke long term this year? So. Um, one real quick note about the Raiders. I will say they've they've gotten generally lucky with the defensive matchups they've been able to to face because Baltimore was not at full strength sure. that Monday night game. They had some key uh, folks out. One like Marcus Peters out for that game, I believe. Marcus um, Peters, yeah, Marcus Peters tore his uh, ACL right. prior to the season. Right. So that's a key thing and then during the game against the Steelers TJ Watt the guy who's now the highest paid defensive end in the yep. history of the game went out with a groin injury groin because injury, yep. he held out for more money and is not actually in football shape and whatever so they kind of the line kind of got a little you know saving there Derek Carr though is playing really good football um who can we trust in Arizona DeAndre Hopkins uh you can trust Kyler Murray and that's kind of about it, really. Ready for a I hot mean, take? Ready for a hot take, Matt? I would go with you could trust Rondell Moore. I think Rondell uh, Moore. I think Rondell Moore is going to continue to get more targets. They're going to find interesting ways to get the five foot seven diminutive wide receiver in there. Um, I think he'll actually play a role in the running game, much like Washington did with Antonio Gibson when they drafted him. <laughs> um, and now are not using him at all in the ways that you would expect them to use Antonio Gibson. Um, and then the third one was, I don't remember the third over, oh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard over Zeke, Matt. Talk no. to me. What do you think? I mean, even as good as the game was for Tony Pollard, Zeke in a half-point PPR still put up like almost 18 points yesterday. Right. So... No, I don't think – I think they're going to find more creative ways to use Tony Pollard, and I think you're going to see him shine in that role. Um, but I don't think that as a pure runner and PPR option, no, I don't think he's actually better than Zeke. Will he have a role? Sure. I mean, that's been the case with every NFL team now. They all have two running backs that have a role, um, except for seemingly the Giants. Um, <laughs> but. That's rude. My my, I'll add in a couple of overreactions here that may have some merit. Um, okay. Going with your team, uh, Saquon is not ready yet. He's just not, and I don't know if that's an overreaction or not. I'll say for the people that drafted him in the first round, expecting him to be Saquon, it's. It may be an over, I don't know. But they told you he wasn't going to be 100% till like week four. So it shouldn't be a shock. Yes, he had a 41-yard rush. Congratulations. But he had five total carries in the first half for 46 yards, which means the other four went for a total of five yards. So he's not ready. Daniel Jones 
They had almost 100 yards because he managed not to trip for once. <laughs> and um, to the Jets fans that booed Zach Wilson in his first start at home, really? Really? It's something that low that you think you're getting, like, an all-star Peyton Manning right off the bat? I don't think so. Like, yeah, it was tough to watch Mac Jones come in and beat the guy that was drafted 13 spots ahead of him, okay? <laughs> but it's a system, and Mac Jones had been polishing for that system for four years now because Nick Saban runs the same one at Alabama. So, yeah, that's where I'll come down on the overreactions. Um. Don't let Howard hear that because he will message you and tell you that Zach Wilson sucks. Um, anyways, so my uh, take is sell Rondell Moore now. You're never going to get him. There's never going to be a point in time where you're going to get more value for Rondell Moore right now. Um, and, I, and I do think he's a, a talented player, and I'm not saying he's not. But, Matt, but... Even in a game where he had 114 yards or 117 yards and seven receptions on seven targets, he played 28 snaps. You know how many other people played 28 snaps? Everybody on that team. Everybody. Christian Kirk, 38. A.J. Green, Mm -hmm. 51. DeAndre Hopkins, 59. Do I think that Rondell Moore is going to work his way into more time? Possibly. But he was really good in week one, and he still didn't play more in week two. And I, maybe that's just, you know, them watching him and help having him develop. But if Rondo Moore is only going to play 28 snaps a game, it's a lottery ticket. It is a lottery ticket to get seven receptions, 100 yards, and a score. It is because it, it's just he's not on the field that much. And half the times, Kyler might tuck down and run anyway. Um, so I'm selling Rondell Moore. I'm also in full circle, like the offense, who I can trust, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, and the list. Everyone else for me, I think Christian Kirk is really boomer bust player. I He's think a Mike AJ, Evans 2.0. He, he is such a boomer bust um, player who, you know, almost had a touchdown yesterday, but he doesn't, and he has nine fancy points uh, a week after – a five-target, two-touchdown game. Um, A.J. Green looks like a skeleton out there. Uh, he had a 50 overall rating on uh, PFF, which is atrocious for wide receivers. Um, I want nothing to do with him. And then James Conner has not looked good on the ground either. Uh, Chase Edmonds has been very effective. He's been dominant, dominating the snaps. Even in game one where it was closer, you know, uh, it was – close because the blowout in the second half. So I'm really selling Arizona outside of D-Hop, outside of Murray, outside of Edmonds. And then, no, Tony Pollard is not the long-term solution over Zeke. Um, Zeke was still really good. And yes, Tony Pollard may have had 16 touches and he may have outran Ezekiel Elliott. Um, But I'm pulling up because I just wanted to see the snaps. I just wanted to see snaps through two weeks. Zeke has been on the on the field for 114 snaps, okay, um, out of 145. Tony Pollard has been in for 50. 50. He has been in less than half of Zeke's snaps, one-third of the team's offensive snaps. Um, I just – I can't get behind it um, at all, at all. Um, uh, but let's shift 
our focus to the injury front. Um, give me your most impactful injury uh, to the fantasy landscape that took place in week two. So I'll give you two. One of them happened. Um, actually, they both happened in the same in the same game, um, and had me sweating. Uh, the I bet the. <laughs> I bet the Texans to cover the line, by the way, in in all honesty. Um, And they did, even when Tyrod Taylor went down. And that's impact number one. Because Tyrod Taylor's actually looked really good through a game and a half with the Texans. And especially for Brandon Brandon Cooks, that was a (laughs) – he looked really good for a game and a half. Um, Now they're going with, yeah, not a great solution at quarterback. They will not activate Deshaun Watson – not going to happen. They've already announced he's not going to be active for Thursday. Um, so that's one, because that's going to completely obliterate any offensive upside from um, Houston. And number two, which we didn't talk about before the pod, but I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry and his MCL sprain. Uh, now, they've listed him as week to week, so you're going to have to pay attention. But that's going to be a nagging one, and it's not going to allow him to cut and be as precise of a route runner as he is. Now, we've already seen Odell Beckham Jr. inactive for both of the first mm-hmm. two games. Um, there's no really any telling if he's going to be active for week three. It's going to kind of depend on exactly how much practice he can get and if his knee is good. But if you don't have Jarvis and you don't have Odell Beckham, that's a big blow <laughs> to baker and the passing game and it's also a bigger blow to nick chubb because now they can stack the box yep stack the box and try to stop him because austin hooper's not really a threat at tight end at this point um donovan people jones i know a lot of people are going nuts for him he's not really that big of a weapon on the outside um they do have their third round pick who's a speedster but I mean, he didn't. He hasn't really done much through two games. He hit a long pass in week one. That was about it. So, yeah, those are two impact injuries for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting, the Jarvis one. Um, just to recap the Browns in week two. So Landry played two snaps uh, before the injury. Uh, out of 29 pass attempts, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, ran the most routes, 23. Uh, Rashard Higgins. And Austin Hooper ran 20. Um, your boy Anthony Schwartz that you mentioned ran right. 17. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Matt, ran 19. Uh, oh, compared- Mr. And, Non-PPR. And, and, you know, and you know how many Kareem Hunt ran? Nine. I just want to throw that out there. Um, my impact injury is going to be someone that I have, it directly affects me. I have a lot of Carson Wentz, and I have a lot of pieces – around Carson Wentz. I was the number one proponent for Michael Pittman this year um, because he just had a pretty good day. Still had a very good day. And, and Carson Wentz had a good day. Uh, but he apparently has two bum ankles now. It's not just one. We have two bum ankles that we're getting tests on, and they're unsure if he's going to play. Um, and again, I'm heavily invested in Carson Wentz. Um, someone asked on Twitter a couple weeks ago, who was your most drafted quarterback? on underdog and mine was Carson Wentz because he was always my quarterback too. He was like quarterback 28 um, after the original injury. And we're talking about a guy that we were touting as a potential top 15, top 12 quarterback to start the year. So I was always an MVP candidate like two years ago with Matt, who with who Frank Reich, who is his head coach. 
Um, so I was all in on the Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman bandwagon. So obviously um, something for me directly uh, that hurts. And I think um, there are there are really good matchups um, for Pittman and Wentz if they were to play. Well, if Wentz were to play. Well, I mean, they play in, in the AFC South, so every in game in that Tennessee, conference. Matt, in Tennessee, um, who knows down the line what the Dolphins will have at quarterback uh, which could obviously directly impact uh, their defense as well. They play in Miami, and then they go Baltimore, who we've seen not being able to cover anybody for two weeks. They've given up 400 and whatever Mahomes had last night. And then the Texans. Four like good matchups in a row for Wentz to get on, on track here. Um, even though he was good in week two, hopefully he can play. Hopefully my best ball shares. Uh, they hope he can play as well, and so does all. so do all my Michael Pittman shares. Uh, shout out to Michael Pittman for his big week too. Um, so let's finish it off here, Matt. Oh no, wait. Yeah, yeah. Let's finish it off here. Um, we'll head to week three because we are currently at in halftime of Detroit Green Bay. Peyton and Eli talking their heads off. Um, don't know who their current guest is, but a great idea for the record. ESPN just fantastic idea bringing both them in. They're both hilarious. They're both very very smart. By the way, I will say, can we get rid of the names below? Like, if you can't tell the difference yeah, between we, Peyton and Eli by now, you shouldn't be watching football. I'm sorry. but Fair. Like, fair. <laughs> like now, we, if Cooper was there, we could have Cooper right there. Ain't nobody know what that guy looks like. True. True. Um, two things we got to get rid of. The names on ESPN and the taunting rules. Anyways, um, week three. Um, what? Let's pick out a game that you have your eye on the most. Um, I'm not going to lie. These primetime games have been pretty fun. Um, we have uh, Carolina Houston, probably not going to be fun. Uh, on Thursday, Green Bay, San Francisco, Sunday night, Philadelphia, Dallas, all interesting. Uh, but what's the one game that you have your eye on for week three, Matt? It's kind of hard not to go with an AFC West showdown. Yeah, I see as it too. the Chargers head to Arrowhead and you get two really spectacular quarterbacks with really loaded weapons and so-so defenses <laughs> showing off. Um, watching Justin Herbert try to pick apart that, you know, Kansas City defense, which actually has been pretty decent. I don't know why they couldn't stop the run, you know, knowing that that's all Baltimore does. They couldn't stop the run for an eight-minute drive late in the game, but... <laughs> Um, luckily for them, the Chargers don't have that kind of a running game. Um, so that dare talk, don't you dare talk bad about Austin Eckler. You know so, how I feel about him. Yes, I'm quite <laughs> aware. So that should be that should be an interesting um, game there. Um, Tampa, Bay, the, Tampa Bay Rams, right? No, Tampa Bay Rams has got to. Tampa be Bay Rams is a pretty good one too. I'd put that like one B on my list. Basically. The way that Stafford, the way that Stafford has looked, I mean, they've already. And Cooper Cup is like his Cooper best Cup, friend. Right. The best friends, yeah, they're the two best friends that anyone has seen. Um, shout out Robert Woods. Like, why are we just forget? We're just leaving Bobby Trees out of the equation. Like, he's gonna be happy. good. He's gonna be good. I think everyone should go probably buy low on Bobby Trees. Personally, by the way, I find it hilarious that everybody goes Cooper Cup is Matt Stafford's best friend when Matt Stafford's actual best friend is I in coach. town. Is no, his, his best friend is actually in town. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, Clayton Kershaw sure. is oh, true. his best friend. True. 
Clayton Kershaw was Stafford center in high That's, school. I, well, Clayton Kershaw better not be watching the news because he's getting awfully jealous these days. Yeah, uh, all that so, Cooper Cup talk. And this will be the first time that Brady ever plays in uh, Los Angeles. I'm sure he'll be perfectly fine. He's freaking 44 and he looks like he's 20. Yeah, gosh, the guy's ridiculous. Old. Not eating bread is apparently the key to yeah. the there. That's long gone. Um, yeah, I think I think Tampa, L.A., and then I think Kansas City, L.A., uh, are probably the two. Um, for me, I don't really see anything else. I mean, Giants-Falcons is great. Um, obviously, it's probably one of the premier matchups on the – I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> – I, I think that's it. And, uh, well, I mean, so a sneaky defensive matchup may actually be Washington-Buffalo. I think that could be a pretty interesting matchup to see what Chase Young can do against Josh Allen. Um, and, you know, what... Underwhelming Los- Josh Allen, by the way, from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he's not, been, he's not been great um, for fantasy. You know, Stephon Diggs has been okay, but okay. not... Okay, he got in the end zone week two. Um, so from a defensive standpoint, that's kind of an interesting one. Watching um, Russell Wilson absolutely light up the Minnesota defense, which has allowed like yeah, 915 yards in two games. Um, should be fun. Tyler Lockett should go off for about 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, apparently DJ, DK Metcalf doesn't matter anymore. No, DK Metcalf does not exist does <laughs> anymore. Not exist. Tyler Lockett. Sad. That's that's and that's. I think that's a good time to end it. We'll say we'll we'll get a moment of silence for DK Metcalf because it's oh, no. because uh because it's the Tyler Lock. It's Tyler Lockett season all the time apparently. Um, big shout out to Matt Sells. Matt, thank you for joining me. Um, with Dan drinking his mai tais. Um, Dan will be back for week. Yeah, yeah. Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan will be back in week three. Um, and uh. Yeah, so uh, catch you guys next time.